edition of the First and Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran, recording today's episode on a Thursday. We are here to preview the Broncos' Monday night matchup against the Chiefs with a, with a bit of a specific twist, a specific angle, Ryan. The biggest kind of question mark, or maybe we don't want to call it a question mark, maybe the biggest concern on this Broncos team right now might be the play of this secondary, right? I mean, it's something that you're writing about in Sunday's edition of the Denver Post, uh, where we'll have a really in-depth breakdown of what's went wrong, what can be fixed, um, and kind of a, a broad overview of all the Broncos issues. But for you, Ryan, when you look at the play of this secondary, what's what's most concerning about it? They can't cover anybody. And the part where I write about what's gone wrong that was a hell of a lot easier to write than the part about how they're going to fix it. <laughs> right. Because help is not on the way. And, you know, is it a scheme problem? Is it a confidence problem? Is it a lack of aggressiveness problem? I think it's all the, is it a, you know, do they just not have good enough players? I think you throw everything into that hat and whatever answer you pull out is right. But as I stress at some point in the story, Broncos aren't alone. I mean, there are, you know, three teams in this league giving up at least 340 yards passing per game. Wow. Broncos aren't one of them. There are a handful of teams allowing a completion percentage of at least 70. The Broncos aren't one of them. So the quarterback rating is over 100. That needs to change. You know, everybody says, what about the pass rush? The blueprint, as Vance Joseph said earlier this week, is throw quick so Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, et cetera, et cetera, cannot get to the quarterback. That's dependent on now the corners playing a little bit more uh, aggressive. Right, and so you mentioned it, but this is a, a proud defense that, that hasn't performed to, to its previous standard. You look at that 2015 team that went to the Super Bowl, uh, sort of a tough comparison because a lot of people think that could be among the, the greatest defenses ever in NFL history. Broncos gave up 199 yards to the air, 60% completion percentage. You know, flash forward to 2018, that completion percentage isn't 70 but it's pretty close Ryan 69.5 and they've given up 262 yards a game I want to kind of touch on a few aspects of of why that might be the case Um, Akeem Tlaib's departure we talked a lot about it right when it happened about the impact it have on the culture of this locker room the toughness the grittiness Uh, the Broncos go sign Adam Jones who maybe fills a little bit of that role but how much of that plays into some of these issues when you lose a a leader a veteran a guy who's not afraid to be fiery uh, like Tlaib well all those but here's the thing about Tlaib he was still a number one quarter in this league Um, the trade him basically for a day three draft pick wasn't smart uh, you need three solid corners in this league. Right now, they probably have one with Chris Harris. So the Talib thing is a ripple effect because it moved Bradley Roby from third corner to second. He has not played well. He's getting. It looks like he's worried about getting beat over the top, and he's allowing a ton of completions. He's not breaking up any passes. That moved Tremaine Brock, who they signed as a journeyman. You know, he's the three. He can't stay healthy. Desperate, they signed Pac-Man in late August. He's been hurt. Isaac Yadam's a rookie. He should be redshirted. So th- that's where the talent deficiency comes in. And the Tlaib uh, departure should get a lot of the headlines because this past defense was good the last couple of years. And people say, well, you can't compare defenses to team, you know when they won the Super Bowl. Well, I'm going to compare it because it's, it's still the Broncos. And that's the standard they want to carry out here is to be that elite pass defense they're a long ways from that right now. Uh, you mentioned some health issues, Adam Jones and Tremaine Brock, each missing some time uh, with health problems this year. Uh, Vance Joseph expects both to be back in this game, but 
a healthy Tremaine Brock, does that change things? You know, they talked a lot in preseason about here's a guy with starting experience, here's a guy who knows what he's doing. Maybe we haven't seen it on film yet, but is there still hope that his improved play could could settle some of this? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Too optimistic? You're saying Tremaine Brock would be a good choice if it's between him, Isaac Yadam, and Brendan Langley, who's on the practice squad. So it's the... You know, best of the poorest, so to right. speak. Um, I think getting Jones back healthy will be a key because, as he said in the Oakland game, he was sort of feeling the injury, and so he played with too much cushion, gave up some completion. So, you know, right now this is a defensive, particularly on the back end, that just is hanging on. Right. Um, they've done enough to win two games. They only have one interception. Uh, you know, Vance Joseph, who is a DB coach by trade, has called them out publicly a couple of times, which is fine. But, you know, the difference is, okay, you're not going to get new players. Can you come up with a new mindset, a new coverage, you know, more pressure from the from the blitzers? To me, that's the number one thing they got to do is they got to send more people to force quicker throws. You know, Chris Harris sort of in a tough position as well here, being a Pro Bowl caliber player, but at times, Ryan, being forced to cover the inside guy based on his skill set, is that something in film study you've noticed, and has that hampered the Broncos' ability to cover at times? Is there something to that? Yeah, I mean, I think he's one of the top top uh, slot corners in the league because uh, he's physical, he can tackle after the catch. They need him inside. I would maybe explore another different avenue if, if a receiver is doing a lot of good stuff outside, I, I'd have Chris travel with him. That exposes the nickel. You know, Bradley Roby, I just would try something different at this point. He Maybe moving inside on some snaps would give him a little bit of a jolt. But um, my number one suggestion would have Chris Harris travel with the receiver. The problem with the Chiefs is which one? <laughs> right, um, good point. You know, I would probably play Chris inside and nickel against the Tyree Kill of Sammy Watkins. The other thing you got to consider is do they do they go back to playing more dime so they can have a safety like Will Parks on Travis Kelsey instead of a linebacker like Todd Davis? Right, and so as we move ahead in this conversation, we'll have a separate podcast that will be dropping on Monday, previewing the game, breaking down different aspects of it. But while we're on the topic of the secondary, we might as well talk about Patrick Mahomes uh, just for a minute and what he's been able to do. Ryan, the creativity in that offensive play calling, uh, you know, paired with Mahomes' sort of Favre-esque demeanor and the way that he extends plays and, and makes ridiculous throws with that arm strength. What is the answer? What are the Broncos going to have to do to have any hope of covering these receivers? Um, I think that the best hope is if they can keep Kareem Hunt neutralized, which he has been this year. He's at 3.2 yards a carry, reigning league rushing champion. That's the Broncos' best hope is you win on first down and try and force some third longs where you know the Chiefs can't try something cute around the line of scrimmage they're going to have to throw the ball beyond the sticks then maybe you can take advantage of some pressure and get off the field by by stopping them on third medium third and long but Mahomes has been awesome he's so fun to watch on tape uh, I remember writing about him before the draft and say, okay, air raid, spread, always in the shotgun, blah, blah, blah. All you do is watch one or two Texas Tech games. He was making every single throw. His mechanics look great, and uh, he's playing pretty much for the perfect quarterback-type coach in Andy Reid. So probably one of their biggest challenges of the year, now that Jimmy Garoppolo has been hurt, they play San Francisco, the Broncos do later in the year, but 
uh, a huge challenge. Absolutely. And someone who covered the, the Big 12 uh, during the Mahomes era at Texas Tech, uh, absolutely shades of, of what we saw in a Red Raiders uniform. Does his success surprise you? Um, no, I don't think it does. And, and for a lot of even these opposing Big 12 coaches, I remember going to media day and, and talking about Mahomes. Um, you know, they were just sort of in awe about the same skill set that, that we've seen from this point. Mike Gundy even joked the last time they played Tech, uh, he thanked Mahomes walking out the field that uh, that was going to be the last time he'd have to play uh. against him, uh, just based on, on how well he played in that game. And all of those games, those those games were shootouts, 60, 70 points, uh, always nuts in the, in the Big 12. So maybe we'll get something similar to that. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that game more, like I said, in another edition of the First orange um, but with that uh, I'll sign off for Ryan here I appreciate you guys tuning in uh, to the first orange podcast today be sure to hit that subscribe button uh, we drop a couple of these every week to keep you guys as informed as possible uh, until the next one uh, be sure to check out all our content at denverpost.com pick us up every day in the newspaper and we will see you next time